Mind Your Subconscious is the podcast that provides you with techniques and knowledge about your subconscious mind, the part of your brain that lets you control your ego and create an extraordinary reality with your thoughts. We invite meditation, hypnosis, NLP, EFT, and other experts to help you master the most powerful part of your brain. Your host is Jennifer Schlüter, who quit her job as managing editor of 22 newspapers to travel the world and work online just after one hypnosis session. A nomad ever since 2016, Jennifer is now a certified hypnotist and helps people transform their dreams into reality. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mind Your Subconscious. Today I am speaking to Joy Roberts, a trained therapist turned life coach. We discussed how your mental health diagnosis is not finite. It shouldn't be something you tie yourself to for the rest of your life. Nor is any diagnosis, even a diagnosis about a genetically inherited illness. Why? Because it has been scientifically demonstrated that we rule our genes with our thoughts. You can just look into epigenetics. Me and Joy also talked about why she's becoming a coach and kind of turning her back onto being a therapist, how she has overcome physical illness by the power of her thoughts, and what modalities and practices she uses to help herself and her clients. We had a really, really amazing conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Give it a listen and enjoy the rest of your week. Hello, everybody. This is Jenny, and I'm here with Joy today. Joy, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Joy Roberts. I am a mental health therapist and life coach. Okay, and Joy, you said that you are moving from the therapy space into life coaching. How did that happen, and what did you explore and discover? Yeah, so um, after I've been in the field of mental health for about six years, and I really feel as if the field of mental health isn't evolving um, in the way that it could be. I feel like some of the, the I guess you would say, theoretical orientations is what we call in the field. They're not really progressing. And the only thing that's really progressing in the field is traditional medication and things of that nature. And I'm, I believe in more of a holistic self-healing type of approach. Yeah, I can, that's, that's terrible to hear, especially that they're making more and more medication rather than finding out what really the root causes of people's stresses. And so right. you mentioned you came across epigenetics. Um, can you please tell us about that, what that is and what that has to do with the subconscious mind? Yeah, so epigenetics simply means um, above the gene. So when you think about uh, any type of disorders, mental health disorders, physical disorders, you, you hear people talk about genetics and hereditary and things of that nature. So with epigenetics, we're talking about, um, it's essentially the software system and genetics is the hardware system. So um, it basically gives the instructions. If you have a, a paragraph, then the epigenetics would be the punctuation mark. So yes, your paragraph, all the words will still be the same. So 
you may be uh, have like a higher predisposition to have like a disorder. However, it, the power of the mind and by thinking more positively and by um, maintaining your mental health, you have the ability to control where you put the punctuation marks, which can determine what the paragraph actually reads and what it means. Can you please give us specific examples? Because I know I've also read the book of Dr. Joe Dispenza and Dr. Joe Dispenza also talks a lot about that. So does Bruce Lipton. And so mm -hmm. can you tell us, give us a little more detail as to which, um, let's say, which diseases are, um, have been discovered to not been genetic or hereditary, but rather to be coming from the mind or, yeah. Oh, well, actually, there is not a physical illness that exists that is not directly linked to stress. If you think about any men like physical disorder, stress always has a component to it. And the thing about it is when you are stressed and you're at a state of chronic, chronic stress, then you're constantly in this fight or flight thing um, type of response, and that weakens your immune system. Therefore, it's now putting... Um, malfunctions and punctuations in places where they shouldn't be and so now you're more prone to other uh, physical illnesses so there is not a physical illness that exists that is not directly related to stress in the mind um, and if you want to talk about like a more specific type of thing then I can talk about maybe some mental health disorders that's called psychosomatic disorders and they're kind of directly linked to like multiple sclerosis or um, fibromyalgia or things of that nature in the sense that uh, the mind itself has no ability of, your body has no ability of knowing whether a traumatic event or something stressful is happening now or if it has already happened. So if you're constantly living in the past and now, you're manifesting um, disorders in your body. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> but let's get into, uh, let's get a bit more specific. Let's okay. um, get into some examples. Okay. Well, let's take, um, so there is a disorder called conversion disorder, and it's considered a mental health disorder. But essentially, it mimics um, multiple sclerosis, where you basically can lose complete function and ability of um, your limbs. You also will have foggy mind, loss of memory, um, muscle, anything that has to do with your neurological system. And what happens is people will go to the doctor's office and they'll go, it can take years before they actually get a diagnosis because they're constantly trying to test them for things and they're seeing the damage within their nervous system. They're seeing the damage and they aren't able to actually come up with a disorder because it's coming from the mind and the constant stress of it. And what happens is a lot of times the stress of going to the doctor when it comes to this conversion disorder actually worsens it because you're constantly being told we don't see anything. This is something that I personally have um, faced, I would say about, it was about five years ago. And I was told by not my neurologist that she was like, I will put my license on the fact that this is multiple sclerosis. And uh, 
I would get this, I got the spinal tap done and that showed MS. But when I would get the MRI, it would show, they call it white matter disease, but they would not, they didn't have a name to it. And she was essentially telling me that I shouldn't be able to walk um, and how quickly my nerves was damaging. And soon after I ended up losing my insurance. So I was not able to get medical care. And so I went a more holistic route and began to go on learning on how to heal myself. And how did you do that then? Yeah, well, essentially, I began to not focus on the pain. What you focus on, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I had a, at the time, I believe she was about two or three years old. I had a very young child and I wasn't able to function. And um, actually focusing on the pain and thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to raise my child, worsened my symptoms. And essentially, as I began to focus on healing and what made me feel good, literally my body began to change because now I'm not releasing these um, hormones that breaks my body down. I'm literally changing the way um, my body operates. And I began changing my diet. I took out certain breads and certain meats out of my diet that has contributed to um, inflammation. I began doing yoga. Um, because stress, um, stretching your muscles, and I've been doing Pilates, which would help me build my muscles, and so my muscle spasms would not hurt as often, and they would not be as intense, and so it was basically was literally a complete life change is how I, I had to do it. And are you healed now completely? Yeah, um, I definitely would consider myself healed. I have to say, if I'm walking around just fine. <laughs> I have not had any breakdowns and it's been well over two to three years. It would put me down for months at a time. I would lose my voice. I wouldn't be able to walk. It would completely cripple me um, to this day. If anything comes up, like a, if I begin to get like a burning sensation in my leg, then I would just say, okay, Joy, it's time for you to do some self-care. And I would literally start um, caring for myself a little bit more, being more um, intentional about what I'm eating, and then the pain goes away. Okay, great. So when we say that what we focus on expands or whatever, you as mm -hmm. a therapist, um, you have to diagnose people or you get people who are diagnosed with certain illnesses, mental illnesses, right? Mm -hmm. What do you tell them? Because obviously, if you're diagnosed, like you said, and you experience yourself, that makes your symptoms worse. So what do you <laughs> tell people? Isn't that funny? So, <laughs> well, <laughs> you're, you're, you're hitting on something that um, is part of the reason why I guess you would say I'm moving away from the therapeutic approach um, and mainstream system. And that is because mental health diagnosis and diagnosis period was not intended for for um, mainstream or just public to know. But do with the internet, you go to WebMD and you can self-diagnose yourself with anything. And you know, it was really just a language of practitioner to another practitioner without having to go into detail what's going on. And so what's happening is when 
um, this trend of mental health awareness has come about, people are now focusing on the pain and you're seeing an increase of the diagnosis. And it really takes that person having to be at a certain place where they are ready to not be subject to this mental health disorder. I tell people all of the time, it's, um, I look at mental health disorders like anxiety and depression. Um, it's just like having a cold. And they slightly get pretty offended because they're like, no, there's no cure to this and this is how I am. Okay, well, there is no cure for a common cold. <laughs> However, when you begin to get the symptoms, you know to take yourself out of the environment that caused the cold. You begin to wash your, your hands more. You begin to drink orange juice, vitamin C, and things of that nature so that you can get better. And guess what? To this day, you don't have a cold. But if you put yourself back in that environment, that's what's going to trigger up. That's, that's what's going to happen when your body's under stress. It's going to manifest in that way. But you can choose not for it to do that. And that's by um, basically changing the way you think changing the way you're framing because life isn't what's happening to you. It literally is how you um, think about what's happening to you. And that's where the subconscious mind actually comes into um, effect. Absolutely. And I'm so, so glad that you said that and the way you see it and the way you explain it is actually amazing um, because I've been reading up a lot about it and it, and also from my own experience, it really is just the mind and you can get rid of it. And so many people are offended. So tell me, how, how do you handle the people who are offended or who, who are so, who are saying like, I have this and that's why I'm like this and that's why I can't get better. Like, how do you handle people like that? <laughs> yeah, what I'm noticing is that it's this younger generation that's becoming, it's like that's the entire generation. It's hard to handle, but I am very blunt and very honest in the sense of um, I will bring up certain, I will allow them to bring up certain patterns in their life. And in doing that, I will show them that it's their thought process that's going along all of the patterns. They are the common denominator. And it's not because they are their thoughts. I have to teach them that they are separate. They are the person and then they have, have thoughts and they can allow their thoughts to go by or they can allow themselves to to um, meditate on them. Um, when it comes to, I guess, for an example, when I when I help people with um, that deal with extreme like anxiety, um, I really consider that. And so as quite a few others, I have a different take. I consider them pretty much so very powerful things. I call them almost superpowers because what you're doing is you have the, you're utilizing the ability of creating something that does not have a tangible anything to it. You're creating and you're making that so real to you that it's manifesting not only in your body, but it's actually manifesting and altering the way you live your life. If you take that same ability and apply it towards a more positive realm, because you're already operating in this thing, then you are operating in just manifestation and creation. You're now co-creating a more positive life because there is nothing on the spectrum of anything that makes what's negative more real than what's positive. So that is your choice, but you're actually already operating in your power. Now it's time for you to understand that you can choose when you desire to go um, more positive. But I can say that 
it's hard because one of the main um, foundations of human nature is we want to feel validated, okay? And so when people are diagnosed with a mental health disorder or they, they diagnose themselves with a mental health disorder, then they now feel more validation, especially in a time like this, because it's trending. It's something that's, oh, okay. You know, so now they're getting comfort and validation in their hurt place. So they have no desire or vision for the future to get out of that because they've already got their needs met. And so they don't want to change their narrative because their narrative of being in hurt has gotten them the reward that they want. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I'm glad you're doing the work that you're doing and helping people actually see that they're the creators of their lives, whether they choose to think negatively or positively, right? Mm -hmm. um, so let's get a little bit more into epigenetics. What mm -hmm. fascinates you about that and how do you use it for your client's success? I honestly think what fascinates me about it is the fact that it is just more evidence that you don't have to be where you were. So, so what if that's true? So what, let's, so what if you were diagnosed with, um, and I sound so insensitive, right? No, <laughs> but no, it's, it's really like, okay. So let's say you were diagnosed with, um, <clears throat> let's say you were diagnosed with MS, like multiple sclerosis, where your body shuts down, you know, um, that is very, very hard diagnosis to take. Like, I mean, to, to know that you might not be able to live your life in a way that you once did and all of that stuff. But the way that I help my clients is it's not the diagnosis that determines how things are going to be in the future and with epigenetic that proves it it's your perception of the diagnosis it's your thought process of what the doctor said your life is going to be like you have now accepted what someone else outside of you is telling you the rest of your life is going to look like and epigenetic proves that you can choose not to think that way and have a different life and that's when um, I believe it's Dr. Joe Dispenza. He he has um, a book called "You Are the Placebo." Yeah, and that goes hand in hand with any research study that, in every research study, if you truly um, are honest, that I've read that talks about um, things like depression and um, disorders. The moment that someone believes that they're taking a pill outside of themselves they automatically believe that that's working because that's what the doctor said will work and so it's kind of like this conditioning ever since you know we were a kid it's what our parents say this this is going to work and so i believe it because my parents says it and so that naturally creates the healing you literally just got a sugar pill but now you're saying that all of your symptoms are gone which means that you develop the same chemical hormones that was needed in order to manifest your healing as the alternate um, artificial pill. Um, and so that's what really fasc fascinates me about epigenetics is it doesn't matter as far as your genetic makeup, like your, what's hereditary in your family and all of that. People get so caught up and, oh, no, my, my, my granddad did this and his dad did. This. Oh, well, they did, which means that your paragraph reads a certain way, right? Um, however, you can choose where you put your punctuation marks and what your, your, um, 
what your paragraph actually means. So you can make the choice on how that expresses itself. So I think that really is what fascinates me is because it's nothing is ever like the same. Like you don't have to say a certain way. You can literally become someone else, literally. And not only that is you can do that for your children as well. I hear so many people talk about, oh, well, I want to create wealth for my, my future generations. No, create a different genetic makeup. <laughs> That's what you can create. Change the way you're thinking so that you're, the generations after you, they may come in and they naturally might have the same, I guess you would say, inclination that you did. They might naturally be more inclined to be depressed. However, they're going to come in at a higher ranking level of saying, hmm, but I don't want to be depressed. Let me not. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that's really interesting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so um, when you work with your clients, what modalities do you use to make the subconscious believe that they are not what they think they are or to make the subconscious really understand and repeat and repeat and repeat that they're actually mm -hmm. okay or they can choose to be okay. What modalities do you use? Yeah. So I, I still do believe in, um, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, that has been the most proven therapy as far as research is concerned on, uh, therapeutic approaches. And essentially that means, um, that you are not, uh, what has happened to you, um, whether it's sexual trauma or anything like you're not your trauma, you're not your past, but you are what you think about or what you create meaning about. And so in order for you not to stay in that place, then you have to literally revisit these moments um, and change the way you think about it, change the way that feeling, the way that uh, behaviors work is an event happens and we have a feeling about this event, then we have a thought about this event, right? And so they all are hand in hand. If I endured some sexual trauma and I felt really low and depressed, and my, my thought was this low and depression feeling that I have is because I'm unworthy and that's why this person did this, then now I'm in this cycle of believing I'm unworthy in any time, in any moment that any male or female or whoever did this sexual trauma, it's going to now create that stress response in the future, right? And I'm, I'm like stuck in the past because every time I'm so sensitive. It's essentially when people are walking around saying, oh, that triggered me, that triggered me. Okay, well, now that you have that awareness, I teach them with that awareness, you need to figure out why are you being triggered and explore that and then release it reframe it change your narrative maybe it wasn't because you were unworthy maybe it was because that person was just uh they were being a jerk at that time that has nothing to do with you so reframe your thought process about it and that is the first step is um, freeing yourself in order to start thinking something new i also um help my clients understand that you know we are basically our subconscious mind is what's operating and I call that like our autopilot. It's just the mixture of all the memories, all the thoughts and everything that we have taken in previously. So if you want to start seeing new things, then you have to be very intentional about putting new positive things in your mind um, and allow that to become your new norm. Allow that to become your autopilot. Allow that to become your, your new um, 
basically reality. You have to change how you view life. And so I start with CBT therapy and helping people change the way they think. Um, I do uh, mindful uh, um, guided meditations if they have childhood trauma or things of that nature, taking them into different places, not necessarily hypnotherapy, but just allowing them to visit that. And then I also do more so what I call taking them to a guided meditation to their happy place, because it, it has to be, you have to find both, you know, opposites. So if you're on one end of the spectrum, let's look at what the, your perfect day would look like and then stay there. And I teach them to stay in that place because when you stay in that place, now you're naturally manifesting things in your body that causes you to um, be happier. So choose happiness. You know what I mean? Um, so I guess those are some techniques that I would use in session with them. And uh, just basically as a therapist and as a therapist, I've always learned how to be active listeners. So I can hear things that they necessarily can't hear. And with reflection and awareness, I believe that's like the first step in going forward. Great. Okay. And now let's say somebody comes to you and tells you, Hey, um, you know, I'm genetically prone to have XYZ breast cancer or something else. And in my family, there has been breast cancer for like three generations or blah, 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 blah. Epigenetics. What would you tell them? Well, first of all, I, I mean, that's hard. That's hard to hear. And obviously, if they're coming to me and they're telling me that that's that, then that's on their mind. And so I would be with them in the moment. I will allow them to bring up those feelings, allow that to actually surface. And then once that surfaced, I will ask them, well, what does that mean for you? Are you saying, is that, are you telling me this? Or is that, does that bother you because you feel like you're going to die? Does that bother you because you feel like it's going to be a change of quality of life? What is it about that that's provoking this fear? Because if it's about you're going to die, so are we all. And that, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like bringing that reality to it. And why put so much heaviness on this particular diagnosis, which is true. Okay, you were diagnosed with this. Let's accept that. We're not trying to act like that didn't happen or, or maybe you weren't diagnosed, but you're thinking you're going to be because of, you know, your parents and, you know, the generations of it, but let's accept that. Let's say that does happen. Okay. Now let's, what does that mean for you? And help them move the way that they're thinking about the situation first. And then you actually help them picture. So let's say if they witness, you know, some, memories of watching their mom um, that that had breast cancer and she had some painful memories. Let's look at that and kind of switch and change the narrative about that so that that will ease your feelings for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's just basically switching them from moving their feelings from one place to another by changing the way they think of it. You look at it, it exists, that's great. But now imagine what your body will look like being completely healed and start to manifest that healing. And you literally, that's, it's, that's how things have worked when they talk about neuroplasticity or epigenetics. You look at, um, I believe Dr. Bruce Lipton, he was talking about um, how he literally witnessed people with broken, broken limbs, broken bones, 
they would look at the x-ray of their, their broken bones, and then they would look at an x-ray of a healed area, and they would meditate on that. That's what they would take into their meditation, is this transition from the broken to the healed, and then it began to manifest within their bodies, because that's what our bodies was designed to do. Just as if you get a cut, you don't have to do anything about that cut, except for allow the cut to heal itself. Um, but if we're constantly focused on the cut, or if you're constantly focused on, oh, I think I'm going to get diagnosed with this, then you're like you're sticking your finger in an open wound, and that's going to cause infection. Okay, gotcha. And let's say somebody comes to you and says, I have ancestral trauma, or you know, like I've there's been something passed down from my ancestors, and I feel like I've I've inherited this in, in my genes. What would you say to them? Absolutely. And you may very well have. Um, and again, it's, it's like the same process of the feelings and the, cog the cognitions of it. But this is the part where really epigenetics really does come into play because um, essentially what happens is you're... So I know I mentioned like... Um, you can look at it like heredity is about basically like the heart wire and stuff. Let's look at that as the blueprint. And then epigenetics is the architect. So now the architect can tell that part of you that you feel just this natural inclination to do the same thing, to freeze. Don't express yourself. That's what epigenetics does. It's not saying that it's not there, but it freezes it so it can't express itself. And so that takes you intentionally wanting that for yourself not do not act like it doesn't exist that's not what i'm saying but um see yourself as you wish it you were see yourself as um not having the desire or things of that nature and then you actually are telling your body to freeze and that's not going to express itself i don't does that yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> i'm like does, it, does that answer your question then yeah, yeah, definitely. And so now, um, is there anything else that you want to, that you want people to know about epigenetics or about anything about diagnosis or about whatever? Um, well, no, I think just overall, I know what I'm saying. It sounds like I'm, I'm putting it away where it's just like, so you're just telling me I can think the life that I want and that's it. It's not that simple. Well, it is simple, but as far as being easy, that's the thing, because I, I just want people to understand that we have been conditioned. We have been condi conditioned since we came into this world to think a certain way and to believe certain ways in our different cultures and, you know, our homes, communities, and this goes against everything that we have been taught. So there is a, a natural, I guess you would say, wall that you will have to break down in order for you to tap into this type of belief system and begin to manifest things of the, things that I'm, I'm speaking of and healing yourself but it is possible just as you believe that if you take medication that this medication is doing you well which we have um, shown through research that medication does not necessarily stop pain but it literally just blocks the receptors within your brain um, on how to feel pain, but the pain is still there. So now the medication is doing what your thoughts can do. 
if that makes sense. And so it's just basically stay at it, continue trying and do these things with no judgment. It's, there is no such thing as, oh, well, Joy said or research says that I can do it and I'm just not doing it. No, be with yourself in the process and continue on the journey and eventually you will get the hang of what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, lovely. I love it. Okay. And then what is next for you? <laughs> Goodness, girl, I don't know. I'm like, I'm really in this. <laughs> I'm really in this moment where I'm just so open to whatever the universe has for me and I'm flowing. Um, at this moment, I'm doing a, I'm focusing a lot of my energy on educating people on basic things such as self-care. And I think by talking about self-care, self-worth, self-love, that actually is one of the first steps into changing people's um, thoughts process. Um, because if you naturally believe that you're unworthy or you aren't capable, then your thought process is not going to change. So if I can help people get this shift of taking care of themselves in every aspect, then it's going to make it easier for them to believe that they are not what they think about. However, they manifest what they think about. There's a difference. So I'm really focusing on teaching and showing people how to tend to their bodies, whether it is through aromatherapy and how that activates different senses in your brain, which act, actually manifests in your body as well. Um, such as, you know, sense goes and it's like a direct, I believe it's called olfactory nerve that goes right into your, um, your brain where the hippocampus is. And basically that triggers memories and things like that. So you can relax yourself and you can calm yourself. And so things like that, taking, baths, showers, walks, getting into nature. So I'm really focusing on some of the more practical ways. And then once I help them with their practical ways, then helping them change the way they think. Okay, nice. And how can our audience find you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, so I am, um, I am on YouTube and Instagram at Let's Talk Joy. And I am also on, on Facebook and my handle, it's Let's Talk Joy Joy. And my website is www.letstalkjoy.com. Awesome. Fantastic. And we will put all these links in the podcast, no, podcast notes, of course. And we'll also link to the book of Joe Dispenza, You Are the Placebo. So you guys have that as well. So mm -hmm. thank you very much, Joy, for being here with us today, for sharing your time, for sharing your wisdom. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Love this episode of Mind Your Subconscious? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening. It's very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Catch our next episode every Monday.